WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great every Saturday from 2 until 4, no matter what either of our families have planned for us. Right, Tim? Um, no, right. no matter what's on the honeydew list, no matter what, and we just clear the decks, and Tim Ferruzzi and I, Dave Alexander, spend two hours with you. Uh, it's your show, and I'm not talking to Tim, I'm talking to folks listening. Go ahead and call us and ask Tim some questions about your home. It's called Making Your Home Great. Uh, Tim, of course, with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We'll give out emails and, and um, URL addresses for websites, but you can talk to Tim right now at 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. And, Tim, I knew in advance that today's topic was insulation, so I've studied yep. all week. I, I'm Good. I'm ready even if the phone line drops. Don't worry. I got it covered. By the, well, correct me if I say anything wrong now, since you've so much. Because it's all made out of fiberglass, it all rolls out, and I just buy the biggest R number I can find. Is that, Is that it? The only thing you, that's the only thing you learned? Yep. Thanks a lot, everybody. It's going to be a short show this week. <laughs> Is that it? That's not it, is it? That's really. Is there a complexity to this as there is in so many things in the, in the house? There is. And there by is. the way, I want to mention next uh, Saturday we're going to talk about exteriors. Yeah. I think we have uh, Ken uh, Olstrom on um, the second hour next week, right, from 3 to 4? He's, he's on it, yes, the second hour yeah. next next week. Yeah. And, and we booked uh, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home <laughs> Detailing for a date in October. No point in even mentioning it, but it'll be a couple of weeks into October. So it'll be, okay. it'll be a good, it's a good uh, plan for the next couple of weeks. And, and by the way, the first couple of weeks of uh, October, we're going to talk about special projects on one of the Saturdays, right. special projects that I've experienced in the last 30 years that I remember. Right. And then also the other one will be structural issues. Right. Um, so that takes us into the 14th of October, and we'll come up with a new plan then. So if anybody wants to talk about anything other than insulation uh, during the show, always feel free to call in and uh, ask about anything related to your home or building. And I also want to mention that we are also in the commercial roofing business with uh, Eagle Roofing, and that website will be launched soon. Highland used to do commercial, but uh, we had some name issues with another uh, clients, so we've gone strictly residential with that name. Yeah, uh, and we've got Eagle Roofing, which will be handling all the commercial jobs. It's hard so. to pick a, a catchy name that nobody else thought of. Well, you know, Highland is a very common name because it right. comes from Scotland, and gosh, every street in North Carolina and every city of North Carolina probably has a street name Highland, just right. about. So we have a lot of Scottish descent here in this uh, uh, in this. Uh, state so right. uh, but i got you know so we had to separate that name and so that's what there's a there's a highland commercial company roofing company and that's why uh-huh. we decided to go residential wise so we do Good do idea. commercial we just do it under our different name okay all right so insulation well insulation is kind of a, a very broad term you know when we think about our homes uh really our home is a building envelope is a term that's been used, I think, for the last 20 or so years. Yeah. And um, 
trying to keep the comforted air inside and the outside air outside. And uh, insulation plays into that, but it's not the only air barrier. You know, an air barrier uh, would be um, our siding, our windows, our floors, our drywall. Right. And then you've got a, also another air barrier, which is the actual insulation that's within uh, those planes. So uh, air barrier, you know, I mean, you see people sometimes that are homeless that are in, in a box. I mean, yeah. that's, that's an air barrier. So anything we can do to kind of separate ourselves from the outside is what we're trying to do with our homes. And the more efficient we are with it, obviously, the more comfortable we are, the more we are away from uh, maybe some of the bioaerosols that we've talked about so many times on the show, and uh, also our utility bills right. um, would be a little bit more reasonable versus you know having a window open in the middle of the night uh, during the wintertime, letting yep. all the heat that we pay for out. So the goal is is to try to keep our houses tight, um, and it's become more of an issue over the years because of our knowledge of uh, bioaerosols and uh, also the cost of utility bills and, and all the resources that it yeah. takes to, you know, back when, you know, you could uh, run a house back in the 30s or 40s with, you know, gas or oil, mostly oil, yeah. and, um, and and wood and coal and things like that. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was okay to have a house leaking. In fact, it probably was beneficial because of all the exhausting that had to be done in certain locations. You don't want to have that stuff trapped in the house. So it was not such a big deal back then. And now with technology, engineering of materials, and the cost of, of the resources, it's become um, more... Uh, advantageous for people to to try and uh, be efficient with their homes. I used to live in one of those homes that literally had no, if not no insulation, then very poor insulation. And, of course, this was in Yankee land. This was in snowy weather and, you know, 10 degrees above above, uh, zero. And there were times we had to huddle in one room because the rest of the house, it was a 150-year-old house, the rest of the house, it would just leak heat. Um, but we've gotten so much better, and we've needed to, haven't we? Yes, we have. And, you know, some of those homes that were built back then had three or four chimneys right? and seven or eight fireplaces or, or wood stoves or coal-burning stoves uh, sitting in the middle of the room. Because so, it was um, all cheap. Heat was well, cheap. It was cheap, but but also uh, if you had a house that big back then and you had that many chimneys and things, if you were on the on the wealthier side, that was yeah. the technology of the day. That's right. And um, so that's what you used. And again, uh, making sure that the 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 heat, because it would get really hot, could escape. So yep. the fresh air that was coming in from outside might have been a good thing to a degree. And then of course the exhausting of the fumes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so a modern home. What do we have uh, hidden behind the, uh, the the drywall in a modern home? Well, typically behind the drywall in a modern home, you've got your, uh, right off the bat, aside from your framing, you've got your insulation. And most of the time in most homes, in your walls, that's going to be fiberglass. Yeah. And uh, it's usually a paper-faced fiberglass, the paper 
basically is a, a moisture barrier, and it typically faces the cooling, the heating and cooling side of the house that would be faced inward. So if you take the drywall off, right. one of the first things you should see is the paper of the insulation. And then, of course, you've got the fiberglass, and then, then you'll have probably some plywood, OSB, mm-hmm. Oriental Strand Board, which is a, a type of plywood. And then, of course, you'll have your, uh, hopefully, a house wrap on the outside of that. And then hopefully siding of some kind on the exterior or brick. And, and all of those things that we just mentioned, those are all insulating factors. So when you do an R value, which I'll give the definition when we come back from the break on what R value is. Yeah. But when you go and get, and typically in North Carolina, the R value requirement is anywhere from 13 to 15. I think it's 15, but you do see some variations based on geographic areas in North Carolina and different cities, I think, have different requirements. But 15 is about what the normal is now for, for the R value of insulation itself. Yeah. But when you add the siding, and you might have a quarter-inch insulation on the outside if you've got that a vinyl siding, and your house wrap and your OSB, and then you talk about your drywall, and, of course, then you've got paint that yeah. also acts really? as, a, as a air barrier. So all those can create a larger R value. So if you have an R value of 15 on your insulation, you might, with all of that, have a real R value on that wall alone of possibly 18 or maybe 21 or 22, depending on how all those factors calculate in. So R value is calculated by more than just the insulation itself. It's the whole air barrier system that can also add to that. All right, we'll get into this R-value mathematics. I didn't know there was going to be math this Saturday afternoon, but there is. Um, The uh, topic is insulation, but you can interrupt us with anything about your home. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Making your home great on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander with Making Your Home Great in our AccuWeather forecast. Sunny and warm. Uh, rather humid today, but not, you know, terribly so. 85 right now. Overnight low, 64. Uh, sunny tomorrow with a high near 86. And Monday, uh, pretty much the same. Partly cloudy in 85. Right now it's 85. Real feel 85. News Radio 680 WPTF. Just tuning in, you know from the music what topic today we're talking about. Although this reminds me of the movies as much as it does the insulation. Tim, we're to, yeah, we're. T- I'm favorite favorite line from the Pink Panther movies, and I don't know where one came from the other. You know what I mean? The music and the, the they had it on the movies, and then they put it up on the insulation company. Favorite line was when Inspector Clouseau destroys some guy's Steinway piano trying to kill a fly. He says, Inspector, that's a that's a priceless Steinway. He says, nothing anymore. <laughs> All right, so the one of our big retailers of insulation has the Pink Panther. It's not the only one, isn't it? Can I buy from different companies, or is Owens Corning the well, only guys? No, there's lots of different companies. Owens Corning is a big a big uh, company and in the business, and but you got John Mansville and got probably a, a dozen others that, that I could 
a name out. But uh, so the uh, and, and you go to your hardware stores or your uh, larger hardware stores and find those products, and I'm sure you can do some research online. There's lots of different types of insulation uh, as well. There's fiberglass insulation, which most of us know about. There's uh, mineral wool. Uh-huh. Uh, there's um, cellulose which is what you see in some of the old houses when you go up in the attics and you see this gray-looking type stuff. I think yeah. that's, uh, some of it might be mineral wool. I don't know exactly, but I think some of it's cellulose as well, depending on when the house was built, if it even had insulation, right, like yeah. I mentioned earlier. And then um, you've got some rigid foam boards. You've got some uh, foil-backed rigid boards that might be... Um, uh, thick, you know, various thicknesses, anywhere from a half inch on up to three and a half inches. And of course, you can combine that stuff together to make it thicker and thicker. Polyiso board would be something like that. Um, it's used in roofing as well. Right. Um, and then you've got your spray foams, um, your open cell uh, spray foams, and your closed cell uh, spray foams. And insulating values kind of go in the order that I just mentioned it. So your fiberglass are very effective, and they're in a lot of applications uh, residentially. And uh, the R values kind of go up based on what I said. So fiberglass would be uh, efficient. Right. More efficient would be the, the mineral wool. And then more efficient than that would be the, um, the cellulose. And then more efficient than that uh, would be the rigid boards, if done properly. And then, of course, your... Um, open cell spray foams and then your closed cell spray foams would be your most energy efficient. And I want to mention something too. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked a lot about ventilation and it almost seems like an oxymoron to say, well, God, you know, you're talking about making a house tight and we don't want to make a house so tight that it can make you sick either. I know there's different schools of thought out there, but and I mentioned this before, you know, some of these heating and air systems that we have, you've got your returns and, um, they're even trying, I think they're, and I'm not in the heating and air business, but they're talking about adding a fresh air intake. And, of course, if you've got a chimney in your house already, that can help with having fresh air. So you don't want your house so tight, um, in my opinion, that you don't have air exchanges. Right. You know, especially if you don't open the door a whole lot, so you stay inside a lot. Then you can start being susceptible to other things, uh, bioaerosols and just, you know, air that's just recirculated over and over again. You want fresh air to come in. So ventilation we've talked a lot about, and you would think, hey, well, if you're going to ventilate your attic, ventilate your crawl space, it seems like that might disable the insulating value of the property. But it all kind of works together as a system. So it is important to have ventilation. And by the way, uh, as I've mentioned, I've got this brochure, an animated brochure that's very helpful for people, Uh, anybody that wants to uh, have me, Send them a copy of this free of charge, no obligation. I'll just throw my business card in with it. Uh, one of the main suppliers uh, that's in the ventilation business sent me a box of these brochures at my request, and I'm happy to mail them to you. And it's very helpful. It talks about why ventilation in your house, your attic, your uh, crawl space is so important and how it will help you save money. So just uh, go to my website, handyhelpers.com or highlandroofingnc.com, just like they sound, and uh, give me your name and number and address and that you want it, and I'll mail it to you. No 
no obligation. But um, so when you're considering insulation, Dave, yeah. uh, you know, you've got, if you had to prioritize how you attack your house as far as where do I start, right? Um, and, and we'll go further into that. I'll mention R value. I'll talk about the R value uh, thing here in a minute. Your attic would be your number one area to kind of address. Right. And, and, I, and I know that to be true from not only reading about it, but also experiencing it. I had a house similar to what you lived in uh, years ago, and it was built in 1918, oh I think, or maybe 1912. Wow. And it had no insulation in the attic. Sure. And as soon as I put insulation in the attic, I think my utility bill dropped $150, $200 a month. Yeah. So attics are, are one of your first places to address inefficiencies with uh, insulating issues. And then the secondly would be your crawl space. And then thirdly would be your living quarters or your living area of the house, the, 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 the part in between the attic and the crawl space. So that's the order. Attic, and, yeah. crawl space, and then what's in between. And I want folks to understand, Tim, I'm sorry, but I I want people to understand, even if your house is already built, it's not a done issue, is it? Oh, no, no, no. And In fact, that's the majority of the homes out there are pre-existing homes and maybe built in the uh, 70s or 80s or prior to that, and they all need work. And uh, Energy Star, let me talk about the definition for uh, R-value, what R-value means, because I picked this up off of the energystar.gov website for all of you guys out there that want to do some more research. Energystar.gov. You see their symbol on lots of things. Yeah. Uh, people like that. It's a certified uh, operation that, that you know, quantifies that this is a good product that you're buying and, and it will save you money in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. So our value is defined as a measurement of thermal resistance and measures the ability of heat to transfer from one side of an object to another. So obviously um, the goal is to try to minimize the heat transferring from one side to the other as long as possible, right? Yeah. Um, When you're paying for the heating bills. So the higher the R value, the better. If your ceiling's residentially, you're usually using an R30, uh, in this locale, uh, it can go as hard as R49, which is about 16 inches thick with the bad insulation, fiberglass bad insulation. Wow. You would see that more in the northeast areas. But R30 is what's typically used here. Um, I use R38 in most of my ceiling applications. That's a commercial requirement. I'll do that residentially as well because why not? It's just a little bit extra material and the labor is the same. Right. So I usually use R38 in my ceilings, but R30 is the code, I believe. And then R15 is typically the code in the walls. And then the floor insulation is usually an R19. And that's evolved. You know, all of those have evolved over the years. They've gotten, you know, higher and higher and more efficient with the engineering and manufacturing of the product. And the demand has been out there to, to increase the R value as much as possible. So... Uh, energystar.gov is something I recommend people to go to. And you can do Google searches about insulation and how to save money. Uh, Duke Power has some things out there that you can investigate. 
they can come out and do a home audit for you. I don't believe they charge for that, and they can tell you, hey, this is where you're losing money at. Here's where you're losing. Here's where you have a leak. You have another leak here. Um, and also um, uh, the NC State uh, extension uh, has a lot of good information about uh, energy and saving money with your building. So right, uh, those are all good resources for you to find. News people are uh, anxious to announce what's going on in the world for the next moment or two. And then we will continue this conversation on making your home great on insulation on WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, the AccuWeather forecast, sunshine clouds and a high today near 85, overnight low 64, sunshine and clouds the next few days with warm weather, high near 86 each day, some uh, uh, some cloud cover at times, but for the most part, uh, sunshine. 85 with a real feel of 85, News Radio 680 WPTF, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers. And Highland Residential Roofing, that's HandyHelpersRemodel.com and HighlandRoofingNC.com. Of course, you can talk to Tim right now at 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. So, Tim, I was supposed to put R38 into the ceiling of my uh, finish uh, finished-off bonus room. Uh, guess well, R thirty. R thirty at least. When did when did when did you do it? Ah, three years ago, four years. No, it's more, longer than that. About six or seven. Well, it may have the code may have been um, different at that point. Okay. Um, so it changes. Did, would uh, that explain why it's a hot room? Really? That well, it, yeah, attics are attics are difficult whenever you finish out an, an attic area. So um, we're doing one now yeah. and. Um, the rafters, it's not, they're not a truss system. Trusses are, uh, those, um, rafter systems that you see all those steel plates on that have, you know, a different shape. Rafters yeah. are actually, um, stick built. So that would be a piece of lumber in itself that was built on site, custom built versus bringing in these big trusses. So this particular project has rafters and yeah. I think they were two by tens. And uh, which would be technically nominally in size one and a half inches by nine and a quarter. Right. And we had to put in R38. Yeah. Our request. We could have done R30. So we ended up having to fur out, add uh, two by twos to the uh, outer portion of it, which would basically mean the ceiling is going to be a little bit lower. Yeah. And the reason you have to do that is because. Obviously, your insulation is thick, and you also need a dead air space in between that insulation yep. and the actual plywood that the shingles sit on so the air can flow from your uh, soffits, your overhangs, all the way up to your ridge. You need a dead air space between the plywood that the shingles are nailed on and the actual insulation itself that's keeping the room heated and cooled, you know, held in. Yeah. So, we actually I, had to take two by tens and add some some furring strips to the uh, depth of them. Yes, you understand? I okay. did the same thing. Let me just okay. tell you that, that that product that you just mentioned it looks like an enormous uh, fast food tray, like you would get at McDonald's uh, for uh, 
for pancakes. It's well, about that kind baffle. of material. That's called a baffle. Baffle. That's actually just used. Typically, you only need to use that down at the lower level towards the overhang so that when you're putting in the insulation, yeah. it doesn't squeeze uh, yep. at the exterior wall area. You don't n- normally have to do baffles on the whole run in oh. the cavity between rafters. And on occasion, okay. people do that, but that's not necessarily. It's usually only used in one area, and that's where the insulation might have a tendency to be crumpled up and where the dead airspace might get choked out. And for uh, everybody with a with an add a room and there are a bonus room over the garage and they're thinking about this, you have to fur it out because the the, the insulation the would otherwise not fit. Well, the insulation has got a certain depth. And yeah. if you're trying to put in R38 insulation, which is getting up there, I think that's 12 to 14 inches thick uh, range, you've got to have the ability for that not to – it needs to sit in there – uh, when you put your insulation, you never want your insulation to be uh, squeezed or, or, or compressed. It needs to be fluffed like it comes when you unroll it and you let it, you know, sit up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because it's got dead air, dead air pockets in it, and that's part of the insulating uh, process is having all that dead air space in between the fiberglass itself that yeah. helps with the R value. So you have to fur out... Uh, in some cases in attics, in a lot of cases in attics, yeah. to get the right insulation put up. Now, I have seen some insula- some attics that have the spray foam put all over it. And yeah. we've talked about in previous shows, um, I have mixed emotions about that. I think that that spray foam works well maybe in exterior walls, um, but I get real nervous about putting it directly on the rafter truss system right up to the where the shingles would be nailed into the plywood at. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. Um, biggest is you'll never know if you have a roof leak, and you certainly uh, don't want that happening and not know about it. Yeah. And then secondly, I'm not convinced that that's really the best application. I have seen those in three or four scenarios in the last 12 months, and I, I, I just... I'm kind of a little leery of it just because once it's on there, you can't get it back off and you can't easily access things underneath it uh, yeah. to see what's going on. So, But supposedly, you know, it has um, good uh, um, insulating value. Yeah. I just don't know if that's the place to put it. Okay. All right. So is a bigger number better in all applications? I mean, if I put down 30 or put up 30... Should, should I could have, I have uh, if I had the room put up R thirty eight yeah yeah okay yeah. you know it's, and it's going to continue to go I mean before you know it we're probably going to be using R forty nine down here yeah um, for a variety of reasons so you know a lot of people are building their walls instead of using two by fours to build their walls of their home they're using two by sixes and that's primarily to get deeper insulation. Uh, in there so that they can save money. I mean, there's some of these houses that are being built that are three, 4,000 square feet that have, you know, $80 utility bills, $100 wow. utility bills. Um, so that's kind of the goal is to try to, you know, when you build something, have it 
very efficient in, in running costs so that it doesn't cost you a whole lot of money monthly yeah. every month. Yeah. So, um, but um, so let's see what else is here on my list. Um, well, let's talk about problems uh, that might result from having um, an inefficient home or inefficient building, right? Like it just doesn't, it's not insulated well or yeah. you're not, you know, and caulking is something that we haven't talked about. Caulking, you know, the outside of your house, keeping your house painted on the outside. Right. It does more than just protect the wood and the siding itself. It also is a, it's an air barrier. Because you know you're 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 painting on a chemical mm-hmm. uh, on your siding that has created another layer waterproofer of protection, so that becomes another air barrier. So caulking around your windows on the outside of your home and your doors and your overhangs where needed, uh, your corner boards, all that stuff's important, and that can be done you know annually. And you break even, or, or every two or three years, yeah. and and you know not painting your whole house, but you could easily go out and caulk these areas and not have to paint your house, right? If you look around your yard and you see cracks, caulk it and make sure you're using the right caulk. You don't want to use 100% silicone on something that's going to have to be painted because it won't stick. So make sure you get paintable or siliconized caulking that's okay. paintable. Um, and, you, you know, you would have 100% applic- uh, silicone in certain applications that aren't going to be painted, maybe in uh, your bathtub, bathroom, something like that, around your countertops. Um, but, again, be careful of what it, you know, transitions to. But caulking is a very inexpensive way to save a lot of money on your heating and cooling bills. Um, so quickly before we go to our next break, problems yeah. that can result from inefficient uh, systems in your home, um, and again, energystar.gov, if you go to that website, you can uh, get a list of things that you can do. You can do home audits. You can bring in a contractor like myself to give you suggestions on home improvement projects that would help you, but you have holding, uh, some of the inefficiencies would be hot and cold spots. You talked about that earlier, Dave. Um, moisture on your windows. We've had a lot of people call in about that. Why do they have moisture on the windows? Uh, drafty areas around the home, uh, ice dams on your roof, mold. You're seeing mold in certain areas, bathrooms, closets. Um, bugs or pests, uh, they, they get attracted to moisture in inefficient homes and buildings. Right. High utility bills, obviously. Amen. Uh, inordinate noise, you know, uh, people driving by. And, I mean, I've had people put in new windows. Wow, I, I don't even hear the cars on the road anymore outside. <laughs> Um, and infrequent, do you have frequent sinus and respiratory problems? And excessive dust can come from an uh, inefficient home. So, and hey, we've talked a lot about this in different, um, again, this is a system. When you think of your home, it's a system. So it all ties to ventilation, bioaerosols, uh, energy star, your roof, your crawl space, your gutters, uh, your floor plan of your home. Right. How you do your kitchen, your exhausting, all of it. So right. it's important that when you're making decisions on doing projects that you call someone that knows what they're doing. I want to talk to you about retrofitting or, uh, you know, taking an existing home and checking to see whether it's got the right insulation. We're going to talk about 
people who own their home and they're, they're just not happy about things because they are getting those things that you just mentioned, hot spots or cold spots. That's coming up here, 919-860-9783 is our number on Making Your Home Great News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF and Making Your Home Great. AccuWeather forecast. Sunshine with the overnight glow near 64. Sunday, it's a lot like today. Humid with a high near 86. Monday and Tuesday, very similar. Wednesday as well. In fact, we're not going to get a big change in our weather at all until maybe Thursday when there might be an afternoon shower. Right now, 85 with a real feel of 85. News Radio 680, WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing. And our telephone number, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Tim, somebody's got a house. They've got a room that's too hot. Maybe it's in the... the um, uh, the, the bonus room or an upstairs room, or maybe they're getting a, a room that's too cold in the wintertime. Uh, is there any hope for that? Because everybody th- knows that there's a possibility that one thing will lead to another, to another, to another. Uh, can we get out of this? Can we check the yeah. insulation without tearing out the whole wall? Well, there's certain things you can do. Um kind of backtrack a little bit yeah. and thinking you know about money not really being an issue even though it is yeah um the roof color that you choose if you're doing an attic and i did all the attics in my house they were i, I did i decided to convert them all to living area yeah I, I felt there was no reason to have an attic uh, in my situation so especially when i have six kids but, oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so the color of your roof and energy star uh, has signed on with those manufacturers. So different, depending on the manufacturer, like, uh, for instance, one manufacturer that we uh, use a lot of, uh, two of their products are considered Energy Star approved. So the lighter coloring um, allows that to be an Energy Star product and then some other things they do. Well, that, in conjunction with a proper synthetic underlayment, which would be a radium break, can cut the temperature down immediately by uh, 20 to 40 degrees between the touch of the roof, say it's a totally black roof, right, uh, and the interior of the plywood just on the other side of the shingles, which turns that that obviously that 20 to 40 degrees yeah. equates into heat in your attic or in that cavity if you've got a finished room there. So starting with something as simple as that, when you do make your roof um, color change or your roof change, consider the color. Because if you do a black shingle and you've got an attic area there and you're trying to use that to live in, um, expect some issues. So if you're going to do that, you need to do some extra things on the inside to try to make that room cooler. But attics are always in a lot of cases, problems when you don't have a lot of trees um, in the summertime. They get really hot. And then, of course, you've got to make sure that the heating and air system is sized properly for that attic. And sometimes that can be difficult to calculate, um, especially after the fact 
when they don't know exactly what type of insulation or what the dead airspace looks like because all that's invisible at the point that you finish all that off. So to answer your question, roof is a big consideration, roof color. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, the insula- the amount of insulation. Um, and, of course, uh, the dead airspace has got to be there, making sure that you get an airflow from the overhangs up through the ridge, with your um, which ties into your roof system and your uh, stuff like that. And, Tim, and is, then, that, um, is there a way to find that out? Is there a way for you to investigate that? Yeah, um, but it requires um, dismantling, and uh, if mm-hmm. you can't get behind an e-wall or something to look at things, yeah. it will require dismantling and, and uh, just you know just dissecting and figuring out what's going on. Yeah, okay. And then making and then deciding what to do at that point. All right. So I'll give you an example uh, in the night in the in the early 2000s, probably around 2004, I went to a couple classes that was being put on by an institute called South Face Energy Institute. All right. And um, at that same class, there were a bunch of utility guys there that were auditors for the utility company there getting training as well. Mm -hmm. And I was getting ready to do my attics at my house. And I said, you know, I'd like to learn more about this stuff. I've got bits and pieces. So I went to the class as a contractor and um, got a lot of good information and I incorporated that into my attic conversions mm-hmm. and um, so I furred them out, I put in the blocking and the floors, I checked all my can lights, I um, I did some radiant breaks, I sprayed certain types of coatings on my rafters and plywood under the shingles yeah. um, and um, added some foil back um, bubbly uh, type of ins- uh, uh, barriers. Yeah. I just did a bunch of things like that. And, and you know what? That part of the house, yeah. uh, that part of the attic area of the house, that thing runs so efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It never gets too hot in that part of the house, and it's an attic. Yeah. So if you do it right, you won't have a problem. All right. Contrast that with mine, uh, where I did most of the work, uh, and it's not so good. But that's all right. That's that. You got to call a professional. All right. Now, if somebody well, does is calling a professional yeah. too, it's also being informed. Yeah. Because and and then also, are you willing to spend the money? So it's pay me now or pay me later. Yeah. So all these things I did on my own home. Well, obviously, it's costing me a little less because I'm in the business and, and I'm informed, so I'm doing all these extra steps, which some people would call redundant. But I have found that the break-even was in three or four years, and any time I can do a break-even in three or four years or, or less than seven years, yeah. I'm ahead of the game like the rest of us. So right. you just have to look at it and see what your resources are and make decisions. All right. So a homeowner is uh, taking a peek into their attic, and the unused area of the attic is this gray stuff. Or maybe it's the pink stuff. Is there any environmental fear? Like, can they go up, go, go up and take a look at it? The stuff that's been put in the last 15 years, is that all safe, or should we hazmat up and put a mask on? 
Well, if you're going to be playing around with it, you should always put a mask on. Even okay. fiberglass, there's fibers that come into the air. So anytime you're playing with it or investigating it or anything, you should have uh, goggles and a mask on. And okay. We talked about safety last week. So, yes, I would always recommend that. If you're just going to go up there, as far as asbestos is concerned, yeah. that's, asbestos has not been an issue uh, to that level on any homes built since the uh, mid-'80s. Uh, prior to that, there is a good chance that you have asbestos in, 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 in amounts that might affect you. So uh, you should be a little concerned. I think insulation in general, to my knowledge, has not been a big issue like ceiling insulation. Pipe insulation, yes, uh, and flooring and, and some, some components of roofing and maybe insulating tiles had asbestos, but the actual insulation that would be in your attic, and like, like what we're talking about mostly, right? Uh, I don't think that has a lot of asbestos uh, in the past, even back 80 years. I could be wrong on that, but I've not seen much about it. All right. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's have everybody examine their attic. Uh, and their crawl space. Take a look at what, what should I notice if the uh, what, what does fiberglass insulation look like quickly uh, if it's gotten wet and and then well, dried off. Yeah, it, well, it looks it looks just like it did when you put it in, but you do lose our value because it gets compressed and um, the air pockets. Um, again, the the insulating value right. comes from the air pockets. All right. Phone's ringing, so we're going to pick it up and uh, take a call. I'm going to quiz Tim on something about roofing. Guess what state just relaxed some legislation, some uh, requirements on roofers? Uh, Coming up, second hour of this show, making your home great. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, the theme, no, the anthem to making your home great. And if you feel you need to take a knee during this or sit down, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, Making your home great on every Saturday from 2 until 4. I'm Dave Alexander. Know nothing about homes except I own one. Well, myself and the bank. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing knows everything from the foundation up to the to the attic into the roof and uh, we've got uh, an opportunity for you to pick his mind either about a project you're going to handle yourself or something that you think you'd like to um, have somebody else do the telephone number is 919-860-9783 919-860-9783 and Sam from Raleigh joins us. Hey, Sam, how you doing? Doing fine. How about y'all, fellas? If you good, if you want an answer about a roof, you call the right number. Go ahead. That's what I was figuring. Hey, Tim, uh, I had a guy come through a couple months ago and knocked on the door, and he said that uh, he noticed that the roof that I had it was a discontinued product, and he'd like to crawl around and take a look. Mm-hmm. So he did. And he said we need to call the insurance company, so I did. And uh, long story short is it acted like he wanted to replace the whole roof, you know, get the insurance company to do it. And, of course, they came back and sent their guy out there and said that it 
wasn't as bad as, you know, what he was bringing across. But I guess the best thing to do is get somebody else to look at it. But it, it's a discontinued-type shingle, and the fellow that came for the insurance company said that it, there was still some more time. There was some damage up there, but not, you know, it needed to be repaired. And they offered the money, that, of course, the insurance company did to fix it. I didn't know if that was some kind of scam going on or... Or, or what? what? What's your opinion? Well, the shingle that, that, that you probably have is a certainty uh, 25-year Horizon product, and it was discontinued in the early 2000s, and it was put on uh, everywhere. It was a um, architectural look-alike shingle that was really a three-tab, so it's a three-tab wannabe. It's an architect wannabe. Um, okay. But they have a life of uh, 25 years. Uh, typically, you'll see them with the class action suit that they had against them. And certainty, I think, did a good job at handling the matter. Yeah, they did, but I was um, just a little bit behind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's over were, now. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people were. They didn't. I don't think they, uh, you know, announced it to everybody. But uh, um, so. Just because that product did have a class action suit doesn't mean your your insurance company is going to cover that. That really has nothing to do with the insurance company. What what city do you live in? I live in Raleigh. You live in Raleigh. You in North Raleigh, South Raleigh? Uh, well, uh, in between uh, uh, Nightdale and Clayton, they still call okay. it Raleigh, but okay, uh, in so, the mall plantation you know, area. Okay, so um, you know. Insurance typically covers damages from, from storms such as uh, wind or hail, and we've had lots of hail storms, and um, obviously we've had some in uh, Zebulon, uh, Lewisburg area a couple years ago. We had some in North Raleigh uh, over in the Cary Apex, Holly Springs area, and recently in, in Fuquay and uh, Willow Springs, the whole southern belt there. So... Um, you know, how, how old is your roof? Uh, 11 years. 11 years, okay. So you they, probably... They did find some, uh, they did find some damage. And, they did? And, okay, and did they the give you a whole new roof or just... Uh, no, uh, I haven't had anything done yet because I was yeah. uh, in between and I said, wait a minute, you know, uh, the guy was telling me that, you know, you need to get a whole roof. Uh, yeah. Whether he was trying to get the job or not, I don't know. It's of course, like it. of course, uh, of course. Uh, so the best thing, I guess, is to get you to come out and take a look and tell me, you know, I can show you what they found and uh, and and go from there. I haven't, the claim has been turned in and everything, and they've sent a check, but I haven't had anything done yet. So yeah. I, I was still kind of up in the air with it. And we talked a little bit about this last week. I don't know if you were listening, but um, I'd be very leery of signing um, these guys that come around and have uh, and tell people about their roof issues, and they say, "Look, I'll get you a new roof, but you got to sign this document." And uh, they go to the insurance companies to represent you. You know, a lot of people um, may decide to do that on some cases, and I and I, I would I would tell you not to do that because once you do that, you've kind of lost your ability to. Uh, not only negotiate, but also maybe what you're really getting when the roof does get done uh, by the insurance company. So I call I kind of call it signing your life away. Why would you do that? I mean, you if you've got legitimate damage, you can represent yourself, or you can call someone like me and say, "Look, I think I've got insurance dam damage that maybe my insurance company will you help me with this?" 
and I'm not going to have you sign anything I'm, other than when I you say, hey, Tim, I want you to do the job. Mm-hmm. But getting signing up front to represent you with the insurance company is really not what you need to do. And I don't well, really he didn't, that he didn't ask for that. I didn't sign anything, yeah. but on the other hand. Yeah, I know. It's it's a lot of roof. I mean, it's a it's a huge roof, uh, and to start mix matching it and everything like that, I guess you you could get into part of the homeowners association too, where you've got different color patches all over the roof because it's not going to match anything. I looked at some of the colors and as far as to match up to it, and it's it's almost ridiculous the difference in color. Well, absolutely, and then you you can always get a second opinion from your. Um, from another contractor and also from the insurance company, you can say, look, I'm not satisfied with this original adjuster's uh, quote. Would you come okay. take a look at it? And I had one customer in Angiers. Um, he called me a couple years ago and said, I need a new roof, and he did. And, and they wouldn't do anything for him. The insurance company wouldn't do anything for him. So he ended up, after one or two tries with those guys, um, contacted a public adjuster. And public adjusters work for you and they get a percentage of the uh, claim. So he ended up calling me about a year and a half later and said, not only did I get my new roof, but now I've got all this inside damage too. So the public adjuster who he hired, who is well-versed with the insurance companies, and a lot of times they used to work for the insurance companies, um, got him all his money, and then, of course, he had to pay a fee to this guy of 10 20%. But he helped him settle his claim. So I'm not saying that that's where you ultimately need to go, but um, it is something you can do if you are having issues and you think you need help. But I would call and get a, have someone like myself come take a look at it, render our opinion, talk okay. to the insurance companies, maybe ask them for another adjuster come back. And, and they're required to do that. They're required to send another adjuster out because adjusters are are subjective as well. I mean, we're all humans here, so... Maybe, you know, this person didn't see what really should have been seen, or maybe they didn't like the way you looked. You know, you never know. Okay. Um, it's just the, way, just the way it is. Well, I'll definitely give you a call. I, I do appreciate the time, fella. Yes, sir. Thank you, Sam. All right, see you. Appreciate it. Yep. Now, yes, Tim, i got, I got to ask about this whole, you know, the insurance company, they, they'll pay for a new roof. Will they actually pay for the whole new roof if it's, 15 years into the life of the roof. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen them pay for roofs that were 20 years old uh, yeah. where the roof was going to need a new roof sometime in the near future anyways, but because a hailstorm came through and took it from where it was at point A with no missing shingles yeah. to a lots of missing shingles or just tearing it up, yes, they, they do take care of that. And, um, you know, I was talking to a fellow that was in, been in the insurance business a long time, uh, a couple months ago, and he's retired. And uh, a lot of you listeners out there that are older remember that property insurance on homes 25, 30 years ago used to be about $200 a year. And now you're lucky to get away with um, paying less than 1500 if not two or $3,000 a year for homeowners insurance. Yeah. The insurance companies generally have increased the rates because of all the claims and, and fraud in some cases, but their view is because people are calling to get things done, and, and insurance is not a maintenance plan, and you can't view it as a maintenance plan, but mm-hmm. roofs are something insurance companies would be more likely to help you with because it protects their assets, 
So they actually have less liability as time goes on if you have a new roof on your house. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say I'm not saying that they're going to pay for a roof automatically, but they're more willing to do that because it's covering them. So they're going to have less future claims because there's a new roof on your home. And you immediately knew what kind of roof he had based upon the idea that it's discontinued. Is it generally easy otherwise to match roof materials from 10 or 15 years ago if you had to repair one section? No. No, No, it's not easy. You can't. Not easy at all. But, I mean, it's done all the time, and we do a very good job of trying, and we'll talk about that after the break. Okay. uh, um, Yeah. All right. We've wandered into roofing, but you can ask us about anything. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing. 919-860-9783 is the number on making your home great. Our phone lines are open and our operator is standing by. Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. AccuWeather forecast, sunshine clouds at a high today near 85. We're there. And then the overnight low in the 60s. An identical forecast, a carbon copy for the next couple of days with highs near 86 and fairly humid weather, sunshine, and a few clouds. 85 at this moment, real feel 85. News Radio 680 WPTF. Making your home great is Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi. Tim of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing. And Tim, Florida has relaxed their contractor licensing laws as it relates to roofs. Mm -hmm. In the 37 Florida counties um, covered by the FEMA disaster declaration, they are letting regular contractors do roofs or roofs, without subcontracting to roofing people, because there aren't enough to go around, I guess. Right. And they've right. done this before. Does that raise any concerns? Well, when I went down there at Hurricane Andrew, um, you have to do to do any work in Florida, at least in the area I was in, but I think it was all over Florida was the rule. You had to be a licensed contractor. Um, right. So when I went down there from North Carolina, I technically could not work on the roofs, but I ran into a general contractor who saw me riding down the road, pulled me over, and we started talking. <laughs> and um, so we essentially worked together, and um, he handled a lot of the paperwork side of, of things. And, of course, I did all the work and sold the jobs and all that. Yeah. And um, so uh, essentially the general contractor's, had you know had a, a a grip on things down there because you couldn't do anything down there, and right. I'm assuming that's kind of what this is related to is they've just got so much damage up and down the the west coast that there's not enough people to go around to do the work, so they've had to relax the those uh, requirements in order to get anything done. Yeah, you have to and be a, a contractor, but not necessarily a roofing a licensed roofing contractor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess so, that makes sense. So, well, back then in '92, you didn't need to be a licensed uh, roofing contractor. You just had to have a license. But uh, yeah, 
but you know, they, just because they say licensed roofing contractor, I'm sure that they've got places where you can go and say, "Hey, I've been doing it this long. I can prove it." Yes, I'm from Alabama right. or I'm from Georgia. Here's my business card. Here's some references, and they would get approved probably fairly easy. Yeah. I would think in these type of circumstances, if they're bona fide roofers. I just think this is an amazing period of time. I mean, I'm not the first person to notice this, that between Houston and Florida and Puerto Rico and elsewhere, we're, we're facing a, a, just an incredible uh, incredible period of time where where this industry is just being pulled uh, to replace what's what's been uh, what's been damaged, just amazing. Well, I, I was watching the Weather Channel um, recently, and they were talking about some of the past storms—the ten biggest storms or twenty biggest storms—and you know we've had scenarios like this back in the twenties and thirties, uh-huh. where storms, major storms, hit the Northeast uh, from one year to another and caused devastating damage. So I don't know that. I, mean, I do think there's some some environmental issues going on globally uh, now, but but there's been issues with storms uh, coming in waves, you know, yeah. over the years and prior to even us recording this stuff. So sure, um, yeah, sure, does make sense. Um, we we have clear skies and sunshine, by the way, for the next few days. I just thought I'd mention that, Tim. <laughs> you know, you got plenty of. It's, it'll be a little humid up on the roofs, but uh, it'll be all right. So what are you working luckily on this? We have air condi- luckily, we have air conditioning up here, whereas in Florida, yeah. a lot of those guys have not had uh, um, air conditioning. I, the you idea know, of going without power is amazing. Yeah, yeah well, I'll tell you, when I was down and, and Hurricane Andrew uh, didn't go through the storm, but got there four days later and yeah. worked there for about six months, um, it was uh, quite a quite an event we we did a lot of work for people and experienced a lot and saw a lot yeah and uh could tell you many many stories but um yeah you know it's down there it's 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 hot but it's not as humid uh down there in my opinion as it is up here Uh um and i had a truck that i took a big old dump truck i took down there and it was funny um when it got down to, uh, and I don't know much about mechanical stuff, so I could be wrong on some of this, but this truck was a 1971 International Farm truck, and I used oh, it yeah. to haul all my materials, single-wise, debris off a roof. It yeah. would get vapor lock. It would get oh, vapor yeah. lock as it drove from North Carolina down to Florida, but as soon as I got it out of Florida into southern Georgia and South Carolina, it no longer had vapor lock issues. Huh. And that has that just kind of tells you shows you the the differences in the the climate. How about that? Um, construction lumber materials. We're going to go through a period of time where those prices are going up. Things that they need oh. in Florida, Puerto Rico, and in Texas. I'm sure that's right. yeah, going to affect everything. It's going to affect our material prices here because of the supply and demand, and uh, and because they can. And uh, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. we've seen the gas pump um, issue so far. So, um, but you know, I want to talk after our after our thirty minute break uh, yeah. about uh, more insulation. I thought I'd talk maybe a little bit about windows and doors and the insulating value of those. So, 
Um, if yeah, anybody I've... wants to call about other subjects, obviously they can. But... Telephone number 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Yeah, the cats have managed to pull some black strip of rubber. They've managed to pull it halfway out of the glass door, the glass storm door I have. And I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to pull it back, but I'm going to try before they complete the process. Um, because I've got just a little thing at the bottom of the door. And without it, you know, I can see the sunshine through there. Yeah, that's called weather stripping. Right, the weather stripping. It's on the storm door? It's on the storm door, yeah. So what probably happened is it, it probably started hanging off a little bit, and then they started thinking it was a bug or a snake or something. And yeah. They decided to play with it more and pull on it and pull on it and pull on it. and uh, So it probably was already on its way out anyways because of, uh, um, you know, degrading. You know, typically that stuff is either foam or rubber and, uh-huh. um, you know, in the sun and heat, that stuff, uh, um, you know, it cracks, it oxidizes. And, and uh, um, so that's something that it, we talked, we didn't talk about earlier, but weather stripping is yeah. a big a big thing that can be done to help you save money on your uh, uh, your insulating valves, heating and cooling. Bill. I've I've got Eva on the line. I'm going to pick up with Eva, but Eva, there's absolutely no chance we can get a question and an answer on the radio in the next half a minute. Eva, can you hold on? Can you hold on, and we'll get right to you, Eva. Sure. All right. Thank you very much. Eva calls uh, us from the Triangle. We're talking on. Making Your Home Great, Saturdays 2 till 4. Dave Alexander, that's me. Don't rely on anything I say in terms of home construction. However, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing is here, and we'll pick up with Eva in just a moment. Call us up, 919-860-9783 on Making Your Home Great every single Saturday on News Radio 680 WPTF. Dr. Ken Alstrom of Economy Exterminators on next week on Making Your Home Great. And coming up October 14th, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home Detailing going to bring a couple of people in studio on Making Your Home Great. AccuWeather forecast does include sunshine and a few clouds. Tonight's low is 64 in the next couple of days, a lot like today. Right now, 85 with a real feel of 85. And Tim Ferruzzi with us, also Eva from the Triangle. Evie, you've got a question about mold? Well, thank you for taking my call. You're Uh, welcome. We've lived in this house now for 13 years, and we get, I'm I'm not from the South, so I don't know if this is typical or what, but we get, um, like, mold growing around the windowsills, like black, kind of blackish, grayish kind of mold. We get a lot of, like, mold growing in our bathrooms, like on the shower curtains, and I've had a couple people out to the house and kind of assess situations and look in the crawl space, and they don't see, like, evidence of a lot of moisture. And so I'm just sort of befuddled. I don't know I don't know what to do, and I don't know where it's coming from, and I don't know if this is very unusual for North Carolina. So just kind of wanted your input. Well, um, it, it is pretty common uh, because it's so humid here. And, um, you know, I would, I would, 
be looking mostly in your attic area. I think you've got a ventilation uh, issue um, more so than anything, and I'd be happy to come take a look at that. I don't charge to come take a look at things, but uh, I'll give you a, a, an example of something. A uh, lady called me, uh, went out and took a look. She has mold growing in her bathroom, and her house is only three or four years old, and um, maybe seven years old, something like that, but uh, a newer house. And um, I went in the attic right above the bathroom and noticed that um, she didn't have enough ventilation. It was very hot in the attic. Even though she had insulation, um, she didn't have enough ventilation. So the attic was very hot. The inside of her house was very cool because she liked to keep it cool. So the condensation point between that cool uh, home interior and the attic was the ceiling of the bathroom. And, of course, in the bathroom, you've got more humidity because you've got toilet, sink, bathtub, steam. So uh, she was having issues there. So what we essentially did is went into her attic and, and created additional ventilation for her that helped the attic stay cooler so there was not such a difference between the interior of the house and the attic space. And when I kind of, to, to tell you how quickly you can assume, a glass of iced tea out in the summertime, you know, it condensates, it gets water running down on the outside. That's the same type of thing. That happens with your windows, um, and it happens with things like bathrooms or closets. Well, I don't... And that, I don't necessarily see condensation um, most of the year around my windows. And actually, I had somebody out one time looking at the crawl space, and he sat in my kitchen, and he said, because I actually like to keep my, my house a little warmer. I don't like a huge contrast. Yeah. It feels like 50 inside and 150 outside. So I was keeping my right. temperature on like 78, and he said, actually, to keep the mold down, you have to keep it down to like 70. So it seems like it's always... So anyways, long story short, I don't want to take up all your time, but... That would be great if maybe somebody could come out and kind of assess the situation. I, I do know, and what is your just final thoughts on um, sealing the crawl space? How imperative is that when you, because I grew up with basements, so this whole crawl space thing is kind of a mystery to me. But yeah. so how do you guys feel about sealing crawl spaces? Does that help? Uh, that's important. Um, I'm not sure if that's the 100% reason why you're having an issue. And, and you can, by the way, you just find us on, uh, you can email us at, through our website, handyhelpersremodel.com, um, or you can call us uh, and then we'll come. But I need to come take a look because there's many, many, many factors that could be contributing to what you're talking about uh, that need to be involved. So it's a system. So don't assume it's one thing or two things. And one other short thing I'll say, if you keep your house sometimes too warm, um, that can create a problem because you've got humidity outside, that humidity transposes inside your home, and what air conditioners do is they pull the humidity, the water out of the air, and that helps the house stay cooler or feel cooler or is cooler. Um, so if you keep your house too warm, that could also promote mold because that means you have more humidity in the air inside your home. So it doesn't become as much of a contrast thing. As I mentioned earlier, it just becomes a place, well, there's a lot of water in the air and it can't escape. So, and this is what it does, is it hits low dew points on ceilings or windows. Um, so I just need to come take a look or, or have another professional come take a look and they can look at everything. 
you know, and, and I don't charge to do that. I'll, I'll take an assessment outside, what's going on. Um, I can use a moisture reader uh, under the house if needed. Uh, and usually within a matter of five or ten minutes, I can tell you what your culprits are. Okay, thank you. And do you have a phone number? Eva, I'm going to give you the phone number, 919-676-5969. Talk to Tim Ferruzzi at that number. Thank you, Eva. Thank you. If I don't talk on the show every four minutes or so, I get worried that they're going to get rid of me. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. If you miss the number, I'll say it again, 676 5969, that is the 919 number. Or you can go to handyhelpersremodel.com or highlandroofingnc.com. Click on the contact button and you've got all the information you need right there. Um, I was going to ask Eva how long are, is a typical shower because having teenage girls in the house. I know that sometimes it's like uh, 15, 20 minute. To me, that's way too long, but they do. And they fill up the hole downstairs with extra humidity. Is that not a factor? You're lucky if they're only taking 15 or 20 minute showers. Yeah, right. I've got a 10-year-old that takes uh, <laughs> uh, 45 minute showers. I, get, um, I sometimes get this whole thing, oh, I shaved. Oh, well, then, then that's fine. If you shaved, if you shaved your legs, certainly the hot water is free then. Because Duke Power and Light, they don't care about, you know, they don't care about the gas I'm spending. I mean, if they they come out of the shower and they say, Dad, we ran out of hot water. <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. You're the only one showering. All right. So, yeah, exhaust fans are important yeah. in bathrooms. And then trying to run them for about 10, 10 15 minutes beyond yeah. the shower time is always a good idea. I don't know why they don't, you know, why there isn't an automatic kick-on with those things. Well, there can be. It just depends on oh, money. I didn't, yeah, I didn't pay for it. Willing, yeah, yeah right. if you're willing to spend the money, you can get whatever you want when it comes to those things. All right, that makes sense. I remember some. I had neighbors at one time had these uh, hot lamps that you could turn on. They had four or five switches in the bathroom, and one of them was this like reddish lamp that would dry out the entire room. Well, that's mainly for winter time when people just want to get warm. Yeah, um, I've got a. Uh, I mentioned this to you. I have a ninety CFM cubic feet per inch, uh, per minute, um, fan in my master bathroom. Yeah. And gosh, I only need to leave that. I, I leave it on. When I go to the bathroom, take a shower, I turn it on, and it's not running while I take a shower. And I only need to leave it on probably another three or four or five minutes. Yeah. That, because 90 cubic feet per minute is a lot of air movement. <laughs> of course, you have residual, um, but um, it has a, a, a heater built into it, so yeah. when it's cold outside and bathrooms are typically cooler because of the tile and things like that yeah. it's nice to click that on in fact i've even seen some of those where people can tan under some of those maybe the <laughs> red light ones that you're describing yeah but uh we're tim we're that's co- more that's more related to not drying out the room as much as it is just heating it but that would dry yeah help to some degree we're going to start calling you tim the tool time Feruzzi, because <laughs> We imagine that your house has everything amped up 
about five horsepower higher than it ought to be. Okay. Well, it does. It does. You yeah. know why? Why? It, it, because because it's the cheaper way of doing it. Okay. Uh, for for instance, when I had my garage door uh, re- my garage door opener replaced, yeah, I didn't go back with the the minimal size. Yeah. Um, and I had that done. I yes. called up the guy, and and he says, "Well, why would you? Why do you want to do that? You just have a a single door." I said, because I don't want to do it again. Yeah. So I want to go up in horsepower, a couple of horses, so it's done. And that way, when it's being used, it doesn't get uh, taxed as hard as the smaller ones. Same yeah. with my garbage disposal, same with the fan I just mentioned in the bathroom. So anytime I replace something, I always try. And even on people's homes, if I'm given the ability to do that, I try to use the better products. Yes. I always use a better product, well, that's good. whether they want me to or not, because that's just the way I do it. But if they'll allow me to buy a better fan, then that's going to be budgeted. And uh, and I always recommend do things right, because that is yeah. the cheaper way to do things. If if you spend $100 now um, versus $300 now, you're probably going to be spending another $100 yeah. uh, very shortly, whereas if you spend 300 that's the last three hundred you spent on that particular uh, service or item. Yeah. So, I, which is cheaper? I wish and, you'd and, build my house. I wish you had been in charge of building my house and choosing the materials for my house. But it didn't work well, out, you know, in my house. Remember, remember yeah. that all this costs money. So, um, when you build something, not that not, not that you don't have money, Dave. What I'm telling you is, oh, I don't nice know. To talk about all this. I think you're on the right track there, Tim. Well, but let's not talk about all this, but, you know, money, it, these things, when you buy this material, you hire this service, Yeah, these things cost money, and you have to expect to pay for that. Otherwise, you're going to get what you pay for. And, you know, I've seen people that penny pinch, and, yes. you know, nine times out of ten, when I go back to redo that project that yep. they had done by someone else, yep. you know, the towel comes up yep. uh, very easily. Uh, the paint on the wall is the cheapest paint, so they think they're getting something over on someone, but what's typically happening is the contractor, he's going to make sure he's going to make money. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not getting what you think you're getting most of the time when you go with the cheap route. I guess that makes sense. I totally think so. I want to know that if I go into my bathroom and turn on the exhaust fan, that the upstairs... Bedroom doors close, even if they were <laughs> wide open. Even if they were wide that. open. I don't have that problem. My I doors want... are solid, by the way. But uh, if wanna... you have hollow doors, that might happen. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you what. My bedroom door closes. If it's if it's an inch open, it will huh? close when the, when the air conditioner turns on because that's the one room that gets lots and lots of air movement. Well, but... you probably don't have a return in that room, right? I, I have a return, but it, for some reason it's not. Nothing's balanced in my house. I have one freezing room, and then the upstairs is hot. But luckily, well, nobody go, lives there anymore, so it doesn't matter. Well, when you go to redo that stuff, you know, when the time comes, you just need to talk about that with the contractor. All right. Sounds good. See if you can fix them. Yeah. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. He's the expert. Last couple of minutes on this show, you can get any answer questioned or questioned answered uh, by calling 919 Eight six zero nine seven eight three. Ha ha ha. 
919-860-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF. You know something? We've got to get uh, Chris Barron back on the show from Custom Door and Gate. It was a good interview. Uh, it was on a few months ago. Let's bring it back. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi uh, with us uh, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. And our telephone number, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. I'm only halfway kidding about the whole idea that I want that amped up fan in the bathroom. But I think a lot of people look at their homes after a few years, Tim, and they say, you know, we could have bought, there could have been upgraded this and upgraded that to begin with, which would have been the time to upgrade, and it would have been nicer. I've got trim on the cabinets in the kitchen. Now, the cabinets are nice. They look, you know, they're wood. They are. In fact, they're not, you know, they don't just look wood. They're, they are wood. But the trim, like, uh, what do you call it, three-quarter round that goes in a corner, mm-hmm. that is made out of a picture of wood and wrapped around, you know, wrapped around a three-quarter piece of something. And they were nailed into the veneer. Um, not very expensive looking at all. And there's not much of it, right? There maybe is 15 feet of that in my house because it's little tiny bits underneath the cabinet going da- up and down all the way to the ca- to the floor. Mm-hmm. He could have done that in wood. He could have done that in wood for, I don't know, double the price, but it wouldn't have been anything. Exactly. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm... I'm I'm actually getting to the point where well, I agree well, with Tim. Well, my philosophy, as I mentioned to you on these things that I've upgraded in my own personal home, as I yeah. do in other people's homes, is when you already have the contractor out there and it's just really a material difference, right? Um, it's really not costing you that much because the majority of the cost is labor. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, if you're using someone that knows what they're doing, they've got to charge for that. their their experience as well but you know um most of us have these little 30 and 40 dollar fans in our bathrooms yes well those things um you know they just don't last and then they start making all kinds of noise and they don't do their job and you know i would rather just buy uh one that costs uh, more than that that i know is gonna be there forever and ever and i don't have to waste my time in the future dealing with it again yep. and i also know that it's going to it's going to move the air quick. Right. And, um, you know, it's quiet. It doesn't create a vacuum pulling doors and things like you jokingly talked about earlier. It's yeah. just very effective at getting the moisture out of there, and it does its job, and I move on. So, right. um, you know, it's just a better way of doing things if you can do it. So I wanted to mention something about windows since we're talking about um, Energy Star and uh, insulating your home and that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past. In June, we had a, a show on windows and doors back on uh, June 10th. Um, so um, 38%, I've read 38% of our heating and cooling loss uh, happens around windows and doors. I'm sure um, that's there's some 
validity that I've read that in a couple different uh, articles, and I don't know if that's older homes, mm-hmm. newer homes, or just all of it together. But uh, so windows are measured uh, in in various ways. There's a a U factor, like a U value, almost like an R value we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. A U factor um, that measures the uh, rate of uh, transfer um, of how quick um, the heat or cooling will get out of that window through the thermal glass. And of course, when you have a single pane in your home, yeah, um, and you move it to a thermal pane, meaning you go to a double glass. Your, your R value, going to R value for a second, will mm-hmm. typically double. So a thermal window will double your R value compared to a single-pane window if some of you guys still have single-pane windows. And if you go to a triple-pane, it will typically go up three to four times depending on the window. So that's the kind of R value difference you get. Yeah. So U value um, is the rate of heat loss uh, indicated in terms of the U factor of the window, so basically, um, having it, uh, it ranges from a 0.25 to 1.2, typically done in BTU. I know I'm talking over people's heads a little bit, but U value, U factor, is a number that's uh, important when it comes to windows and doors. Right, and um, that is an important item that should be considered when you're buying windows and doors. The other thing that's important is. Uh, uh, SHGC, which is, has to do with the solar gain, solar heat gain coefficient. And um, that uh, typically, um, the uh, it stops the solar, the sun, from bringing heat into your house right. uh, through that window, which can create issues. Now, obviously, if you're creating a sunroom or that you want the heat to come in, you've got the red brick on the floor, and you mm-hmm. want, depending on who the architect of your house is, whether it be Steve Clip or whomever, that's designed your home with the east, west, south, north, uh, yeah. sometimes yeah. having a, a window with um, a, a solar heat co- gain coefficient isn't necessarily a good thing in certain circumstances where you're trying to use the winter sun to heat portions of your house. So that can be a disadvantage if you're trying to work with the sun to help heat your home in the wintertime. Yeah. And that was a big thing years ago, and I think it's still being used in certain high-end applications. So those are the two things, solar heat gain coefficient, which is SHGC, and then U-factor slash U-value. Those are the things you want to consider when you're looking at windows, and then U-value for doors. My afternoon sun is uh, no help to me at all. It, it suns on the uh, or it shines on the the back of the house, and I've got no windows there because of the garage. So I, I can't get any any help from the sunshine there, except it beats down on me while I'm doing a barbecue. Uh, but you know, I can't. I can't. Be- Most of the things you talk about, I can't. I can't benefit from. And and a lot of people's houses are like this, where. The, they laid out the streets. They didn't lay out the houses to take advantage of the sunshine, right? Because all these houses are twisted at different angles. Well, you know, it's, it's hard to do. Um, again, it, it comes down to, to money and uh, developments and uh, number of houses per uh, per acre. And, um, you know, so those things are hard to do now. You know, you look at these homes that... You read about that win all these awards, you know, these people spend 
millions on their home to get all these extra green things and stuff. So yeah, it, it really does come down to money and 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 uh, you know methodical thinking. And of course, the more of that there's involved in a house, the more expensive the house is going to be. And that's that's the issue that a lot of us have to, you know have to deal with. Tim, we're talking about exteriors next week. Can you preview that? Tell me what we're going to discuss. Well, we're going to talk about, uh, we'll talk a little bit about roofing, but mostly about uh, exterior facades, brick, uh, uh, siding options, uh, a little bit about windows, uh, you know, just anything exterior related, repairs, uh, types of materials, uh, maybe a little bit on insulation because, again, it's, it's, it's all a system. Uh, gutters, so anything related to exteriors of your homes or buildings is what we'll discuss. And, and of course, the forum will be open for anybody to call and talk about anything uh, related to even kitchens and bathrooms, whatever. Excellent. Next week also, we've got Dr. Ken Alstrom of Economy Exterminators. And coming up in October, Chris Fulton of uh, Fairway Home Detailing. That's coming up on Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF.